Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another session of Blind Justice with Attorney David Diamond. It's been a pretty tumultuous week or so since our last recording. Some of the nights I watch the news and try to educate myself about what's going on. Other nights I try to talk to my children so they understand what's going on and they can be a beacon of light for the rest of us as it relates to the future. Today's podcast, I wanted to talk about if it's possible to be pro-protester, pro-Black Lives Matter, and pro-police officer, because I'm often put in the middle between my friends in this type of environment. I have many good friends who are sworn peace officers. They put their lives on the line each and every day, not knowing what is staring them down at the turn of the next quarter. And these individuals are brave, they're honest, and they're hardworking. So I try not to categorize everybody into the same bubble, regardless of what you do for a living. That would be like saying all doctors are in it for the money, all lawyers are corrupt, and all police officers are dirty. Now, I don't believe that it's a very minimal issue either. I'm somewhere in between with regard to one bad apple in the bunch because I have served on a police commission studying and reading a great deal of literature, which includes President Obama's task force on 21st century policing. And you get a chance uh, to Google that. It's something that's free. Uh, You can go there and you can read it. And there are uh, a lot of recommendations to move from just the guidelines to actual action. And it talks about things like local government's participation and role. It talks about law enforcement's role and talks about community's role. And I think all three of these uh, groups that are targeted in former President Obama's guidelines that was done with the Department of Justice are very important. Basically, it talks about five different things that local governments can do and five different things that law enforcement can do and five things that communities can do uh, to make this a better and a safer world. Now, I will be the first to tell you that I am sickened, and I mean physically sickened by some of the things that we're seeing out there. Watching the news, you see a 75-year-old man that was thrown to the ground, uh, bleeding from his ear, and the response has been, well, maybe he was a professional protester. Okay, let's assume for a moment that's correct. Let's say he was a professional protester. Does that give anyone the right to cause him to bleed from the ear? I've seen unmarked law enforcement officers uh, out on the streets. I think now we've found that they're with the Bureau of Prisons, which is a federal agency. I think it should be a law that any time that law enforcement's responding in mass, they should have their badge number and names showing. Uh, I know sometimes you see agencies take some black electric tape and cover their badge number or their names, uh, but that doesn't help the solution. Uh, that, that causes further problems. So I think that that should be the first 
legal remedy we have out there is make it a misdemeanor for any peace officer to cover his name or ID badge. When someone knows who you are, you're less likely to do something that you shouldn't be doing. I've also seen remarkable things. I've seen a black protester on his knees yelling, hands up, don't shoot, being approached by a riot um, squad from law enforcement that was sent there to defuse the situation. And a white man out of nowhere walked up and got between the police officers and the black man standing up for his fellow citizens. I've seen an African-American officer scold her co-worker for using his baton inappropriately. Um, I've been saddened uh, by the death of a retired police captain, David Dorn, in St. Louis, who is doing nothing more than protecting his friend's pawn shop and was shot and killed. Cold-blooded murder. Fortunately, today I read that they have arrested the two people that were involved in that. So I would go back to the topic of this conversation, which is, can you support both sides? Can you hope for justice for all and equality for all? And I think you can. I am a strong supporter of Black Lives Matter. I am uh, an active participant in some of the protests. I am in court on a daily basis making motions to dismiss cases because my clients were pulled over because they were driving while black or walking while Hispanic. Um, so I do do that on a daily basis. But I also represent police officers who sometimes are victims themselves. And I think as a society, we need to come together and call in all participants from every side of the table and try to find the solution for everybody. Um, I think that one of the things that we have to look at is how do these problems sometimes arise and why do some, not all, I'll make it very clear, but why do some law enforcement officers believe they can behave this way? And it really begins uh, at a basic level. Some of it is inadequate training. Some of it is being hired with a record. I think that another element to the law should be that police agencies cannot hire any police officers who were fired from their previous job or have any sustained allegations of misconduct or wrongdoing. Because a lot of times uh, you just circulate the bad apples from department to department, and it gets worse and worse. Look, anybody, even our children, believe that if they get away with something once, they're going to try it again. And if they get away with it again, they're going to keep trying it and keep doing it. So I think that's a that's a big problem, and I think that's something that needs to be dealt with. Um, I also believe that in the court system, we have some significant flaws. There's not a lot of oversight with the activity of peace officers. I've been in front of some of the most remarkable bench officers, judges that I've ever seen that say, hey, this is not okay. I am dismissing this case because this was an illegal search or this was a pretext stop, as we call, which is basically pulling over the black person and then searching the car or figuring out a reason afterwards. Um, but I've also been in front of some bench officers who say, well, you know, there might be something wrong here, but not enough to dismiss the case. I've also had conversations with some of my close friends who are prosecutors who would go to the mat for achieving justice. I've often said, 
And I, and I think it's true that good prosecutors can get a conviction, but great prosecutors seek justice. I have a friend of mine who was a prosecutor here in the Los Angeles County DA's office and made a motion forcing the California Highway Patrol to produce evidence and because she thought they were stonewalling. And what happened was she ended up getting fired for doing her job because law enforcement complained so much about what she was doing. So I think there needs to be better oversight. And it also needs to come from the prosecutor's office. We have a relatively new law, Penal Code 141C in California, that makes it a felony for a prosecutor to uh, have a Brady violation or falsify evidence or present false evidence. I have yet to hear in the two or three years since the enactment of this penal code, this new law, anyone being prosecuted under the law, any prosecutor being prosecuted. I've had all prosecutors say to me, well, uh, yeah, the cop might be lying, but that's not really up for me. Let's just take it to trial and see what happens. No, we need to do more. We need to do better at the earlier levels in criminal proceedings. That's why our system of justice is where it is today. Because again, when you give somebody the power to believe that nobody is going to stop them, then that can lead to falsified testimony, planning of evidence, pulling someone over for the color of their skin. And it starts again with training. It starts with the behavior of your colleagues who should be calling you out. And it also continues in the courtroom with judges and prosecutors and even defense attorneys. Uh, defense attorneys should be acting on this. And some of them also fail to make the motions and uh, do what was necessary. So with that said, um, we need to participate and problem-solving efforts for everybody to include the in, improved quality of life in everyone's neighborhoods, and we need to we need to really uh, move forward in a manner that benefits everybody. I think that we can all be critical of what we see from peace officers. I think we can be very vocal, as I have been, um, but I think we can also support the very incredibly dangerous work that law enforcement officers do. But I've seen people out there say, well, you can't have it both ways. You're either, uh, you know, anti-police or pro-police. And, and I, I, I respectfully disagree with that. Why can't we want better police? Why can't we want a better criminal justice system? But why can't we also support those that are trying to do that from within? I can't mark everybody with the same target and say that you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. But what I will tell you that I've seen and what I think that um, is more dangerous is what I see is this in a lot of police departments. And again, this is coming from work as a police commissioner and as a lawyer of 20 years and it, with many friends on law enforcement. I think right now the good cops are afraid of the bad cops where it really should be that the bad cops are afraid of the good cops. You know, like in any business, you know, snitches, stitches, whatever you hear on the street, um, you know, similar things with law enforcement, and it's just not right, and it's not fair. And we need to empower and protect law enforcement when they come forward to report somebody else, like we see on the federal level of whistleblowers right now. We should protect anyone in law enforcement that is reporting the wrongdoing. You can do a quick Google search and see that um, people are being fired from police uh, employment from doing the right thing. I once read a story about a former Marine 
thank you for his service to this country, an amazing human being that joined the police force. And they approached an individual who was suicidal with a weapon, and he talked the individual down and was able to get the weapon and calm the situation. He ended up getting fired from that police department because they say that that was just too soft, in essence, of a response, that it needed it needed force. They had to go in there stronger and take care of things that way. So uh, when you see reactions like that, it is unfortunate. It is a little bit upsetting because that just doesn't get you to, to where we should be. Um, so the short answer is yes, protest, shout, scream, let people be heard because injustices in this world have been going on a long, long time uh, to the African-American uh, community and people of color, Native Americans who had their land stolen and now treated horrifically, Hispanics. Um, so we need to be speaking out for everybody that's involved, and we can't quiet down. We need to continue to protest, continue to march, because when it gets quiet, that's when we go back to the status quo. So we need to really keep our foot on the gas pedal so that people know what's happening. But we also, at the same time, need to represent and respect and help uh, law enforcement get to the point that I'm sure a lot of people want to be in. I would, I would strongly recommend Googling the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing, which deals with some very strong uh, recommendations that can be done uh, not only as a community member, but as a law enforcement officer. Um, and those will help uh, take us to the next level. What I did want to do is take a moment here because I think we're getting lost with uh, the situation um, of Mr. Floyd. Um, rest in peace. We should also remember others uh, that we should continually say their names and understand exactly who and what happened to them, and that list could go on, but today it'll be talking about Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Philando Castile, Breonna Taylor, who all lost their lives without justification, who all were taken away from family. They had kids, they had mothers, they had fathers, um, and it was continues to being horrific, unfair, and unfortunate, and it needs to stop right now. But I'll also tell you who else lost their life. On May 29th of this year, Deputy Caleb Rule in Fort Bend was a police officer who was killed by gunfire. Waldus J. Johnson, Detroit police officer, was killed by gunfire. Lieutenant Stephen Williams, the Moody Police Department in Alabama, was killed by gunfire. Police officer Efren Coronel, El Centro Police Department, was killed. Sheriff Derek Clark, killed in an automobile accident. Sergeant Damon Gutzweiler, Santa Cruz Sheriff's Office, just three days ago was killed by gunfire. It doesn't make the loss of life any better for any party. You have people dying everywhere, and that is not acceptable in any society, particularly our society. So we need to continue to work better. We continue to work together, and we continue to have to participate from the ground level up. Because what we have right now is not appropriate, not fair, 
not righteous for anybody that wants to continue to see the change that this world requires. Briefly, before I say goodbye and and continue to have everyone in my prayers, um, I will note that in the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd, the charges against the lead officer have been elevated to second-degree murder. Uh, This is a case, as I spoke about in my first podcast, that I think is a very winnable charge. The other officers have all been arrested for aiding and abetting, uh, which again is going to be challenging because there have to have been some showing of intent. I've been listening to the lawyers make some statements about the fact that they were young officers and, and rookie officers and were just listening to their supervisor. You know what? If my supervisor at any job I've ever heard says, I need you to help me kill somebody, I think we all know what the response would be. I think we would either walk away from that job or give them the old-fashioned sign language of the middle finger. And I know it's hard, and I know you need to be strong, but look what's happened because we didn't have anybody strong enough on the police force at that time to tell this officer that he was killing another human being. Thank you for listening to Blind Justice with David Diamond. We continue to look at justice inequality at the uh, court level, political level, social economic level, and we will be having some remarkable guests in the upcoming podcast. I will let you know that one of the next ones we're going to be doing is about the talk, the talk that African-American parents have to have with their children, but white parents don't have to have. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're being safe. I hope you're voicing your opinion. And I hope people are hearing you throughout this fine nation. Thank you so much.